decades ago, films would have been taken town to town and shown one city at a time. Now, due to the many avenues for distribution, that method is long gone. But there is one man looking to give people a film experience that is in town one day and gone the next. We talk to him this week. Lights, camera, podcast. This is Zach on Film. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. It is a very special episode. It is an interview episode. That's something we've really done before. We've talked to some few people out of the norm of the regular four that were on the original run of Zach on Film. From this time, it is a true and true interview. I am sitting down with 8mm enthusiast filmmaker and show... uh, Take her around the nation in a trailer, David B. Weaver, also known as his stage name, David B. Gravy, and David B. Gravy's Tiny Cinema. Uh, I found out about David B. Weaver when I was just, you know, scrolling through a bunch of different Kickstarter projects one day. Stumbled upon a Kickstarter for a new silent sci-fi film shot entirely on 8mm to be shown in what is called David B. Gravy's Tiny Cinema. Uh, Tiny Cinema is a trailer that David converted into an 8mm only uh, film film uh, uh, cinema that he takes around and shows people these 8mm films. Uh, it just totally blew my mind. So awesome. So different than what is, you know, how we watch and consume films today. Harkens back to the way films were uh, usually shown around the nation. They uh, toured them. Took him on tour like a band. Uh, but now David's trying to do that. He's got a Kickstarter going. Then we talk about uh, how he got into 8mm film, why he likes it so much, where the idea for the tiny cinema came from. And he dives deep down into uh, this idea for his new 8mm silent film. That's kind of a, a total B-film sci-fi uh, project that involves uh, an alien with a disco ball attached to their forehead. I laugh a lot. It's a great interview. It was a good, it was a good time to talk to David. I'm super excited for you to listen to it. I think uh, when I saw the project that I thought, man, I think the listeners of Zach on Film will really dig this. So I hope you do. Uh, he, no more wait. Here is my interview with David B. Weaver. I'm super happy today I'll introduce you guys to someone. Uh, I stumbled upon a Kickstarter earlier this week, and it just blew my mind, and I had to talk to the guy behind it. So everyone, welcome to the show, David B. Weaver. Hello. Hey. Uh, David, where are you at tonight? You're on the road, right? I am on the road, correct. Yes, uh, I am in Austin, Texas on this fine evening. All right, that's awesome. And uh, so what is the reason you're down there and the reason I kind of want to talk to you tonight? Yeah, well, so I am on tour with uh, my project, which is called Davy B. Gravy's Tiny Cinema, <laughs> um, which is a uh, tiny cinema that I built. Um, it's like a, it's a mobile, uh, it's in a trailer, Mm-hmm. in a cargo trailer and it's got uh four feeder seats in there uh and yeah i take it around a screen short silent film on super eight film and play live musical accompaniment and it's like a sideshow attraction for events of all kinds yeah yeah when i saw your project and saw the, the the big thing behind the project, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, this tiny cinema, how you're just traveling around and showing people Super 8 films. Uh, it just made me so happy on the inside from like a pure, just like film geek guy. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just like the, that sounds like the funnest time just to sit in the back of a trailer and watch these little films. That's great. That's, that's, uh, I love that. I love, <laughs> I, I hope that it instills joy in the uh, inner film geek in a all. <laughs> so what was the motivation that you had to even start this project? Um, yeah, the motivation that, uh, that's a great question <laughs> that, that, uh, <laughs> that I wish I had like a cool, succinct 
answer to. Yeah. When people ask me in the tiny cinema when I'm sort of playing this character of Davy B. Gravy, I usually just tell them that it came to me in a fever dream. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is not true. Uh, the truth is, it's kind of a long, I don't know, it's a long buildup. It's like a, I went to, I studied film production at, mm-hmm. a, at a college called Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, while I was there, I did some work with film, did some work with 16-millimeter film, and kind of, like, started to become enamored with um, the analog film process. It's like a, it's a pretty special thing. It looks really cool. It's kind of magical uh, the way the photochemical process uh, makes moving pictures happen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think. So anyway, a buddy at uh, Emerson College got me, turned me on to Super 8 film, uh, which is like very, very easy to work with. It was made to be kind of a consumer product uh, back in the day. So uh, there's, you know, there's still cameras around. They still make the film um, and they're all very user friendly. Um, And it's kind of, yeah, something that anyone can kind of get into and I got into it immediately. Um, I started shooting it and projecting it. Um, and I had, I did a project with this guy whose name is Riley, um, and a few other folks that was called March of the Presidium Arch colon a mystery of great magnitude. <laughs> okay. Uh, and <laughs> this is a this is a very long winded answer. No, it's, um, a, it's good. I want to know lot. it all. I want to know it all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a it's an awesome project. It was it's probably my favorite thing that I was a part of when I was in film school. It was like basically uh, Riley was was messing around with some Super 8 projection and realized that if you put a magnifying glass uh, in front, uh, like in between the lens of the projector and the screen, it like inverts the image on the screen. Whatever oh, wow. is happening optically mm-hmm. there, it like inverts the image. Um, so he called me up. He's like, come check this out. So I checked it out, you know, but it was like a small image on, it was, you could, you could only really see it in focus if the magnifying glass was real close to the screen. I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you could do like the whole frame invert the whole frame by pulling focus on the projector. So we tried that totally worked. Um, and it created this really weird, like it turned the, the four by three super eight frame into this like circular, uh, kind of or even more dreamy, uh, frame that kind of like vignetted out at the oh. edges. So we're like, we have to do something with this. So That's we, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. So we came up with this project, March of the Presidium March, a mystery of great magnitude. And it was like, it was a, you know, this kind of silly little uh, detective story, like a little like noir vibe. And it was all kind of this POV, uh, uh, it was, you know, shot point of view. And we, uh, we had this big kind of like flashback memory sequence. So we shot the entire thing we shot with the Super 8 camera upside down with the intent oh. to invert it again with the magnifying glass uh-huh. uh, and have it be like this kind of like weird washy memory thing. And it like project, the project kept rolling. We got our friend Jared to write like a guitar score to it. I did like a live narration thing. And then we had a dude who was just working the magnifying glasses and pulling focus on the Super 8 projector. Wow. Um, and it was this kind of like projection performance thing uh, that I thought was really cool. I was like very, very into this project. I liked uh, the Super 8 quality of it. I liked the performative nature of it. And we, we performed it a couple of times, once in like a really small apartment. We invited a bunch of friends over, people just like sitting on the floor, snapping along to the live score and it was just, it just felt like a cool like intimate group film experience like nothing i'd ever really experienced before yeah um so anyway fast forward to like last year at some point i'm hanging out with an old friend of mine named brett uh who lives in oregon now i was living in boulder colorado at the time 
and uh, he's telling me about this this carnival festival thing that he was trying to start, uh, trying to create in Eugene, Oregon, uh, called the Cowboy Cabaret, which never actually happened. Um, but it was an exciting prospect. He was like, I want you to I want you to be a part of the Cowboy Cabaret. And I didn't know what I was really, I was like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I don't know. Uh, so we kind of just thought about it for a while and we had been sort of just hanging out, listening to records and watching super eight movies because that's just it's just fun it's just yeah. you know whatever it's just, <laughs> i'm into it i'm into it zach anyway yeah. uh <laughs> well, i ended up telling him about this march of the presidium march a mystery of great magnitude project he thought it sounded really cool i affirmed that indeed <laughs> yes it was really cool uh and uh we came up with this idea it was called Dave's Nickelodeon, and it was going to be like a one-time uh, structure. We're going yeah. to build like a little structure at the Cowboy Cabaret, um, and and it was going to be kind of you know this like silent movie projection performance booth mm-hmm. um, at this random uh, festival uh, in in Eugene, Oregon. So I was like getting psyched about that idea. And I ended up, I kind of randomly took this road trip with my dad to Los Angeles uh, a little bit after that. And I like had this idea, probably way too late, like, whoa, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I had an original movie to show mm-hmm. at the Cowboy Cabaret? So I like called some film school friends of mine that ended up in L.A., put a little team together and wrote a little silent movie story, uh, which became this film Low Noon the first original tiny son of a movie and we like we we shot the whole thing uh it was kind of crazy um very like the whole the whole production was just thrown together but somehow we did it uh we got everything shot and then it was after that and again i am sorry for how long this story no yeah i am Uh, riveted okay it's it's awesome (laughs) it was it was after we had shot that movie that the cowboy cabaret like fell apart. Uh, oh, no. oh no. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, okay, like I've, I've even like shot this movie, shot this cowboy movie and this idea seems so cool. So I tried to just roll with the Dave's Nickelodeon thing. Um, and through, I don't know, just like bouncing the idea off of people. I, it was, it turned into like this, at one point the plan was to have it it was still going to be like a structured thing it was going to be this like weird like a rector set situation with like a metal frame of some kind that with like wood panels that would hang off of it and then set up like folding chairs in there it's a terrible idea Uh, (laughs) but it was you know it was like well then I could keep setting it up or I could move it around until someone was like why don't you just put it in like a horse trailer or something so I was like, that's brilliant, you know, because then it can be this installation thing, and I can make, you know, it doesn't have to just be like lame folding chairs and stuff. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, yeah, it just, it just, there's a million reasons why that makes more sense. So anyway, long story long, uh, at some point, the name changed to Davy B. Gravy's Tiny Cinema, and I got a, um, I got a, I knew, I knew a dude, um, uh, this guy named Hoff, who uh, is kind of a hill sage, he's he's a he has a big orange beard. He used to work with my dad. He's an electrical engineer, but he also is a welder and a blacksmith, uh, and he's he just like a brilliant dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I asked Hoff if he would help me create this tiny cinema thing, and he was kind of just like, "It's an interesting idea. I don't know if we could actually do it, but like get." some theater seats and get a trailer and then call me. So I like found a trailer on Craigslist and I talked to some folks I knew I had volunteered at the Boulder International Film Festival for a while. And they had these like cool old theater seats that came from a closed movie theater in Boulder in their offices. Awesome. And I like talked them into donating four of them to the project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it called Haas up and, started working on constructing the thing 
Um, yeah. Oh, also, I called. I, I contacted the people who run this thing, Boulder Outdoor Cinema. Oh yeah, happens a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but you know, outdoor cinema situation, and I was like, would you be interested in in this kind of project? Hanging out like before your movie starts at the outdoor cinema. They're like, yeah, uh, we would like that. Oh, so, that's huge. And then it, that was like another important piece for me in like building the thing. It was like, okay, there's a new venue for it. Yeah, absolutely. The Cowboy Cabaret is gone, but like these people want to check it out. So, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty much the end of the story here. And it's not like a super <laughs> interesting one. And no, it's, but it is. that's kind of like how it that's how it all came together, I think. There was like there's a lot of as the dude of the Big Lebowski <laughs> says like a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. Uh and uh and it was a thing. So yeah, so that was like the motive or something. That's the story of the creation of That's so cool. And so it's so it seems like the 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 performance part is so big because uh with the your first project back in Boston you guys were all uh, like there like amongst the people performing this piece while you're showing this film and then uh, with the tiny cinema you actually play the music, right? While the the Correct. films are showing? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's live music. Yeah, that's definitely a big piece of it for me, I think. it's I play uh, acoustic electric ukulele, and that's I play... Awesome. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it works out. It works out. It, honestly, like, it's... So I play the drums mainly. That, okay. That's the, the instrument I'm most proficient at as a musician, the drum set. I kind of had, also in college, just sort of, like, dabbled around. Professional dabbler... Uh, in the the ukulele arts. So it was kind of just the one, it was kind of the thing, the one thing I had. It was kind of just like, that was the melody instrument I knew how to play. So it was sort of the default. But then I kind of realized later, like, it's thematically appropriate. It's like a tiny guitar. Oh, yeah, Everything about it is tiny, (laughs) you know? Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, so I play ukulele and I play uh, this, this, uh, a touchpad synthesizer thing okay. uh, made by a company called Cord called the Chaosolator. That that those two things are the main musical accompaniment That's in awesome. the tiny cinema. And beyond that, it's also like there's this there's this like character of Davy B. Gravy that has kind right. of emerged. That's like this old timey <laughs> like Carnival Barker kind of like. I don't know. You ever seen a that, moving picture? Like that kind of... Oh, uh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that just a character uh, that developed as you put the tiny cinema together and started showing it around places? Or is it something you had in your mind as you're going in? Yeah, uh, not really. Like, it, it wasn't super... I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It was sort of just like... A, it sort of all just like fell together, kind of like the tiny cinema did. Like, the more it... The more it all, like, uh, fell into place, the more... I don't know when I decided to go with that name. It was, it's a pseudonym that some friends gave me at Emerson. Oh, okay. Davey, Davey B. Gravy. They just would <laughs> call me that sometimes. So that's, like, an old name that just kind of appropriated to this project because it felt like it fit. And then, I don't know, it, like, the, the more I shot the idea around, the more people were like, that's kind of like an old Carney sideshow kind of thing. And yeah, like, it has that feel. It just has that vibe to it, yeah, which I'm into. I like that. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, it just sort of, like, it just sort of developed with the project. And, like, as I got out there and started performing the project more, uh, like, exhibiting the tiny cinema, um, it just... Just kind of, it's just like I don't know. I just was kind of improvising in this, in this carnival sideshow mode, and it kind of yeah. like it keeps it still developing. It's still kind cool. of like being created. I feel like it's always changing in mm-hmm. a way, or like honing in on. But anyway, so yeah, so <laughs> it's a big kind of performance art thing too. I think, which is yeah. yeah um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you, it, 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 
it's okay. important to me. Like uh, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the project. Is, like, is being that character? Having that character, yeah, and also performing the music live. I think that's really cool. I think it's it's like it's fun. It's fun to see people in the tiny cinema, kids especially, who like don't totally get it at first when children mm-hmm. come and check out the tiny cinema. And then they, their eyes kind of start wandering around and they like look back in the back and see that I'm like playing the ukulele live uh, yeah. and it like kind of, you know, dawns on them. It's a cool, it's a cool feeling. Plus, it's just not something that's done anymore. Right, it's not right. like, a, like, yeah, the whole thing is real old timey, but the silent movies and having like that live Traditionally, it's like a piano mm-hmm. accompaniment. Uh, that's what I always think of in like Charlie Chaplin movies and stuff. Yep. But yep. I always thought that was cool, you know, having like a dude there, like watching the movie and like, like enthusiastically playing along and like making noises with the piano that weren't necessarily musical, but were more like frenetic and like uh-huh. more uh, just expressive of of actions that were happening on screen silently. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that was really cool. And I was like, also, I think, <laughs> should I stop talking? I'm no, like no, a, no, I love you it. Do you have more questions you want to ask oh, me? Oh, I have so many and questions. Like, <laughs> I am rambling really hard right yeah, but you're, now. You're answering so many of my questions that you have just when, when you're talking. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. All right. We're taking, we're taking them down. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I was going to finish with is the, the, the non-traditional element of the tiny cinema's musical accompaniment, it being, you know, this weird touch that synth thing and the ukulele. I think I was thinking recently that the band, there's a band called air French band, uh, that recently, they recently restored refurbished, uh, this old hand-painted color copy of this film by Georges Méliès called La Voyage dans la Lune, The Trip to the Moon. Oh, like a right. famous oh, old yeah. silent movie. Absolutely. One of the first. Yeah. Big moon face, you know, cannon rocket ship. Yeah, it's amazing. That whole thing. Yeah, it's a cool movie. Really cool, really old movie. Yeah, so some folks in Italy, like, found this old, super decrepit uh, but hand painted like they used to do on old silent movies mm-hmm. uh, before color film, a uh, copy of this film, which hadn't survived because George Melias like took it, like torched all of his shit. He like, sorry, can I, I can, can I swear on the podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah you can do, you can do a little bit of it. It's fine. George Melias, like he, he like burned his whole studio in like a fit of like, French frustration or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he, uh, anyway, they found this copy and, and this French team started like restoring it and doing all these weird chemical processes to it, to, like, mm-hmm. separate the film. And, uh, there's still like chunks missing, but they like composited it with a black and white. They scanned it in, composited it with a good black and white copy print that still existed and Technicolor, actually, the company Technicolor took it on as a project, and these, like, digital graphic artists at Technicolor kind of filled in the blanks in, like, a hand-painted mm. style. And it was this huge, like, a 20-year project, something absurd oh, like wow. that. Oh, um, wow. And they, they restored this hand-painted copy of this beautiful, timeless George Melius film. And to commemorate this, this radical French band called Air that I've been a fan of for a really long time uh, made like a mod, made a new score to La Voyage dans la Lune. Oh. Uh, they made, they, they, and like it's, and it's not, it's not like an old timey piano rag thing. It's like air, it's air music. It's like this like French pop thing. Okay. Uh, okay. That's cool. That, that accompanies this super old silent movie and I always thought that was the, I think this happened in like 2012, they released this restoration with the air score and 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 like an an, an air album alongside that, and it like blew my mind. It was like really, 
eye-opening to like, wow, you can really, it can really be anything, you know, it's a really silent movie accompaniment can just, you know, I don't know. It was, it was like, that was also, I feel, an important factor mm-hmm. in the creation of the tiny cinema. Yeah, because you're not uh, showing just your own creations. You're actually showing a lot of other people's work and then creating scores for those also, right? Correct. Yeah. I have, yeah, just really just the one original tiny movie. I call them tiny movies. Tiny movies. All right. Thematic. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so I've got the one original and then I've got a bunch of oldies, I call them. They're just uh, another thing that my friend Riley introduced me to back in the day. Like back when Super 8 was the home movie format. Studios mm-hmm. uh, are distributors of some kind would print these short reels uh, of of even older silent movies. A lot of them, n- m- most, none of them have dates on them, but uh, a lot of them just look like they were made in like the 20s or 30s, like in, in you know, the silent movie era. They were mm-hmm. shot in the silent movie era and because people only had silent Super 8 projectors at home for a time. Sound did come later, but a lot of, for a while it was only silent. So they, they kind of dug up these old uh, silent movies and cut them down a lot, too, in some cases. There's some, some reels I have that, just, that make no sense uh, editorially, and it's like <laughs> clear that there's like a lot missing. But, uh, but then they would print these Super 8 uh, copies of these even older silent movies. Castle Films is a big distributor okay. in this era. Like most of the oldies I show were were printed by Castle Films. Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 the the ones that aren't original are these kind of like older. Uh, Silent, silent movie prints that are that just people just have in their basements. I get That's them cool. on eBay mostly. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, so I have to talk about Lone Noon because in your video on Kickstarter, uh, you you, you kind of get a you show a little bit of it, and uh-huh. it's the story about this this cowboy in a silent film with the title cards betraying him, right? Right, correct. right, and, and there's this one shot where uh, he's talking to this girl, and a title card goes up about his penis being small or something like that, and he reaches over yeah. and just grabs the title card, and I lost my mind. I was like, okay, this is like the most creative use of title cards in silent films I've seen, and it just like rocked my world. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I the Low Noon as well as the new movie that I'm shooting at the end of the month was co-written by another old Emerson friend of mine, this dude Eric Beetle, uh, who's a wonderful writer living in Los Angeles currently. I can't remember whose idea that was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really like that moment too. There's also later on in the movie the 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 last. Uh, the lovely laugh that he's uh-huh. like trying to, trying to, you know, yeah, get with, get, you know, get with, yeah. <laughs> he like picks up, picks up the uh, the title card that he threw on the ground and like sharpies on the back of it her own title card and like oh. places it in, into the frame. Oh wow! And then it kind of like hangs there. Yeah, I like that moment too. That's good. But yeah, that was really cool. That was really fun. Like. It was a really fun way to like play with the format. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, you said you are shooting a film at the end of the, the month, and this is the Kickstarter that you have up right now. Uh, you gotta Correct. T- so talk a little bit about that. What's what's happening? Um. So yeah. Uh, so it's it's. I just kind of. It just felt like it was time to to make another original uh, tiny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all kind of came together with this tour. So I'm doing like an East Coast tour okay. thing right now. I just did True False Film Festival in Columbia, Missouri. And now I'm in Austin for South by Southwest. And oh, awesome. Kind of continuing east from there. Um, 
and then I'm meeting uh, a group of a crew uh, of people I know in in from New York at this uh, farm that my grandmother grew up on in Southern Virginia that I went to really for the first time uh, this past summer. I was there. My grandmother passed away, mm-hmm. um, and I went to the funeral and saw this farm, which is really cool. I was immediately inspired by the place. It just like felt like, wow, I, there's, I have to make a movie here someday or something. <laughs> there's all this like dilapidated farm equipment that just is kind of in the spot where it died still <laughs> in the middle of the field with like plants growing through it. There's an old Buick with plants growing through it. It's farm equipment from like every era starting in like 1932 or something. Wow. My great, my great grandfather, C.W. Gunn purchased <laughs> the property in like 32 or 34 or something. I don't wow. know, it was like a depression foreclosure. Oh, purchase, wow. I've been told. And anyway. Been with the family since then? It's, yeah, it's kind of just been in the, in the family. And my, my great uncle Buck, my grandmother's younger brother still lives there. Um, so yeah, so it's a really cool spot. There's a really cool, um, there's a, there's this big tin barn that C.W. Gunn built himself, apparently, legend says, uh, <laughs> that was when it, when they grew tobacco, they used to dry the leaves out in this big barn. But anyway, okay. um, too many details. Again, <laughs> apologies back. Uh, so so yeah, so crew's coming down to meet me. Uh Riley, by the way, the guy who conceived of uh March of the Presidium March, a mystery of great magnitude, mm-hmm. is a part of that crew. He's gonna be the director of photography, uh shooting this whole thing. Oh great. Um so that's awesome. Uh but yeah. So um, what what's the what's the, we're gonna what's be the film making project? The film what is the what is the movie about? Yeah, yeah what is it? Yeah, what is it? Yeah. Um this is another thing I'm notoriously horrible at pitching. So get ready for like a long-winded thing. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> the movie is a uh, the movie is about an alien uh, from outer space, a humanoid, uh, sort of like deep sea crustacean-esque alien um, from outer space with like a with like a anglerfish forehead lure that's oh, actually okay. a tiny disco ball oh. <laughs> um, it, it's like a, yeah it's it's, oh, so it's all it's all a lot of it really is kind of around this this instrument this musical instrument that i acquired recently that i would like to integrate into the tiny cinema um it's called the omnichord um it's most people have never heard of it no i have somehow. never heard of it never heard of it yeah, uh, I hadn't heard of it either. I kind of saw a picture of one on Facebook at some point, and I was like, what the hell is that thing? It kind of, it's like this cream-colored plastic. It's from the 80s, okay. so it's kind of like Nintendo plastic, uh, and it's got, it's shaped sort of like a tennis racket bag, uh, and it's it's an electronic auto harp is what it's supposed to be. Okay. Uh, but it, it has its own unique sound. It, it doesn't really sound that much like an auto harp. It's got kind of an 8-bit-ish quality to it. I think a lot of, I don't know if you're familiar with the cartoon, network cartoon Adventure Time. Oh, I am a little bit. But there, I think there are many, uh, I'm a big fan myself. There's a lot of songs in Adventure Time that are composed for Omnicord. Ah, uh, gotcha. Recognize the sound immediately. Anyway, um, Omnicord is a beautiful instrument. Um, and so the movie is basically about this alien, this alien that's sort of hostage and like dormant on this farm, um, that, uh, is, is held hostage because of this instrument, uh, this alien instrument, which can be played by the Omnicord, um, in the, in the film. And, uh, this uh there's like pops character uh there's pops and then there's these these two kids like a little girl and an older like teen brother mm-hmm. and pops pops 
has this Omnicord. You don't know it in the beginning of the movie. Again, terrible at pitching this film. I don't know yeah, why. That's why you don't, have, you, know, you don't have to pitch it to a, a studio to get the money. You just got to pitch to a bunch of people on the internet to raise that money to make the film. <laughs> right, right, right. This is why on the Kickstarter, there's, the, the, there's a... Sorry. The guy who helped me make my Kickstarter video, the wonderful videographer out of Boulder, Colorado, named Nat Kramer, and he, uh, we were shooting this thing, and I was like bumbling through this plot. <laughs> he was like, I think you should just like give some key elements. This way in the Kickstarter, I'm like, this like seductive, like, I don't want to tell you too much, but I will tell you there's a farm and an alien and a groove of the cosmos or something like that. Um, it's just because I can't describe this movie with any kind of brevity. But, um, Anyway, basically, <laughs> the little girl finds the instrument, uh, the alien instrument, and uh, and pops pops is like, "What are you doing with that thing?" You know, he catches her in the act. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't touch that ever again." Like, you know, in with silent movie title cards, obviously. of course. Um, yeah, and then but you know, she's so curious, she's so curious about it. So she gets the older brother, and they check it out. They sneak out of the house, and they're, like, checking it out. As they're checking it out, you kind of see in the background, in this barn, this tin barn, this aforementioned tin barn, Mm -hmm. there's these eyes, these glowing eyes that show up. Mm. And eventually they notice these eyes, these glowing eyes, like, coming towards them. They freak out, and they can, like, go in the house. But their curiosity is so great. The next night, they try using the instrument again as these, these strange noises are coming from it, which obviously in the tiny cinema will be produced by live with the Omnicord and the other instruments. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they're going to go into the barn, they go into the barn, flip on the lights, and the, the aliens revealed. The, the glowing eyes were no, not actually eyes at all, but a booty. The alien's booty was was glowing, and it was it was like this like pulse this pulsing like booty groove was attracting the alien back to its special instrument, and then they kind of like have this this like disarming kind of like uh like like Iron Giant ET moment uh, with the, with the alien where you know the little girl like touches his little this tiny disco ball thing <laughs> lure off the forehead and it starts to spin gently. And then they kind of just groove together. They like have a little dance party and uh-huh. in the barn and then Pops suddenly Pops shows up with a torch. Oh no. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh no. I want to be gone, evil creature. This kind of rhetoric. And then, yeah, uh, he's like chases, you know, the alien out and punishes the kid back to your room. And then the next the next day, uh, Pops realizes, you know, this thing's this thing's got to go. Mm-hmm. So he takes the takes the instrument to the edge of the woods and uh, plays it to summon the alien. Uh, and you know, the glowing booty again. I guess this alien is walking backwards a lot. The glowing <laughs> booty is attracted to the instrument, and Pops kind of gives a. Gives the, gives the alien back his instrument, and the alien says nods and thanks, and then uh, goes back into the woods. And then there's going to be a sweep. We're going to do like a miniature model, shot like a cheesy, you know, like with where you can like see the strings and stuff. Miniature model, <laughs> like shot super of like, B, like super B film, very B film. Yeah. yeah, the alien ship like launching off off the farm, you know, <laughs> and then there's a quick shot of a, a little girl at the window. No, don't go. And then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the last shot is going to be another pretty keen B movie special <laughs> effects shot. Hopefully, you know, if we get this all together, right? Uh, it's going to be the from the alien ship, uh, like as oh. as it's in low Earth orbit, and Earth is getting shrinking, getting smaller and smaller away, and then there's mm-hmm. going to be like a crossfade, uh, and Earth turns into a giant disco ball uh, <laughs> awesome yeah. awesome so uh <laughs> what is your production schedule like you think to shoot how long do you think it's gonna take to shoot this thing 
I don't know if you wanted the whole plot, but there you, you have it. You know it. what? You I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay. It sounds awesome. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay. Uh, the schedule um, is a weekend. We're, we're going to be, I'm meeting the crew on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're going to start shooting. We, we got to make it a weekend because uh, of the kids. Because there's kids in the movie. Oh, kids okay. at school. Sure. Apparently. Sure. So, um, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, so we're going to start shooting on Friday and shoot through Saturday and Sunday. There's going to be a lot of nighttime shooting. Most of the film takes place at night, so we'll see how that goes <laughs> with uh, the kids. I haven't met the kids yet. They're like cast- casting them locally in this tiny town in uh, Cambridge, Virginia that my, my family is helping, helping me find. Uh, some some kids oh, that's nice. act in a goofy movie, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're just for Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the plan, and then I'm going to be continuing on with the tiny cinema. I'm okay. going up to Boston uh, first. I'm going past New York over to Boston. I'm gonna do some stuff in Massachusetts, and then back to New York. Um, to hang out, have a, at least one tiny cinema gig in Brooklyn uh, on April 10th. And then uh, that weekend, we're going to finish up uh, the special effects shots we're going to do in New York, the uh, uh, miniature model shot and the, cool. uh, the you know, disco ball crossfade thing. Uh, that's what we're going to pick up gotcha. later when I'm in New York. Yeah, so, so that's you- kind of the... It's a preliminary sketch. Gotcha. So if you raise all the money and you get the film done, uh, is it just going to show in the tiny cinema? Is that where people are going to have to find you out on the road and take a, so you can, they can watch this thing? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. There's going to be, there is going to be a digital copy online. It's going to be private. Gotcha. Uh, if, uh, if you'd like to see it, there is a certain amount of dollars you can donate to my <laughs> Kickstarter to gain access to said digital film but no i don't these movies are made for the tiny cinema right uh, they're like it's so different it's so different watching something on a laptop screen versus seeing seeing film uh projected on film and mm-hmm. it, it, particularly in the tiny cinema uh it's it's a whole it's a whole experience. This film is like built around this experience again with the like live music and the instrument being in the movie. And it's like a whole, everything ties back to the tiny cinema. We I'm thinking about, and I don't know how possible this is going to be. It might not be at all possible, but there's this kind of disco ball theme going on in this movie. Uh Uh, And so I'm, I'm going to call Haas up and see if we can rig up some kind of, uh, like, tiny disco ball to be hidden, like, in the ceiling of the tiny cinema, and then at some point I can, like, deploy with a string or something to, like, (laughs) enter into the projection beam of the Super 8 projector and totally, like, does its disco ball thing on the walls of the tiny cinema, but with the film projection on it. Oh, gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I don't know if it's actually feasible. The ceiling is pretty short. It's like a six foot <laughs> tiny cinema. So we'll see. Like, if yeah, I don't know if that's actually going to be a thing. I don't know if any of this is going to be a thing, but I'm, a, a, a tiny cinema exhibitionist can dream. Can yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> and that's what I mean. The part of you love that I love is how you just built this whole thing around it. Cause you know, we go to the theater anymore and you're right. We like, we don't watch it. We don't get to see a guy down in the corner playing a piano. It's just all pumped through and there'll be digital five one. And, uh, it's yeah. just a whole, it's all different spirit. It's like, yeah. I mean, even if someone did, uh, give enough money to your Kickstarter and could watch, watch your new film on their laptop, it's like, you're not there in the room with them playing the instruments and they're not seeing it. Uh, projected up onto the screen in tiny cinema, so it loses like a huge part of the whole experience. Loses a lot. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's very experiential. Uh, the whole tiny cinema thing is very like, uh, yeah. Uh, 
it's an intimate experience too, which is different. I mean, movie theater, large movies, whatever you call them, regular films, <laughs> uh, they're, <laughs> they're cool. I like them. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's really different also. It's really going to the cinema, great activity, wonderful pastime, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's, there's almost no film projectors left out there, which yeah. is fine. Uh, that's, you know, that's how it, that's how, how it, how it goes. Yeah. But, um, even, even it's, it's kind of nice with the digital projectors, you still get some, a little bit of bounce back from a projected image. Rather than pixels illuminating on a screen, there's still, there's a little bit of that kind of like, uh, soft, softer bounce, light bounce. Mm-hmm situation happening it's just different the the tiny cinema is just like it's got this grainy film thing going on it's got the, the it's got a, it's like an actual silver screen in there that really pops really glows oh, good. And, it's, and it's there's four seats in it so it's like you're having this shared experience with three other people and like a crazy man with a waxed mustache and a <laughs> tiny guitar uh, and it's like it's it's there's like a thrill to it. I would like to think there's like a different, it's a really different experience than, uh, than any other experience. And mm-hmm. this film is made for that experience, right? Not to, to particularly shit on full scale cinema experiences or Vimeo and YouTube experiences. I've had great experiences at those formats as well. But, um, but this this movie is not something that I want to that I want to put in those uh, format. Yeah, this, yeah. This movie. No, like, I totally understand. It's, it's a tiny movie. Yeah. Uh, so you you said earlier that kids really enjoy. It. Is that the the overall experience for most people when they come to Tiny Cinema and watch a couple of, uh, tiny tiny films? Uh, yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, I. People generally like it um, on a varying degree of like, well, that was interesting. So like, <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I get some really enthusiastic people, uh-huh. which is awesome uh, most of the time. I think the worst uh, patron or the, the, the patron that has perceived my tiny cinema in the worst light was a lady at Boulder Fringe Festival. I exhibited at Boulder Fringe Festival for like seven days and mm-hmm. one lady came in just kind of like wandered in uh and it was just me and her it was just <laughs> her in the tiny cinema uh-huh. and like did this whole i think she watched low noon too which is like you know it's a it's quick it's a, it's a little more snappy a little more modern uh-huh. wit than a lot of silent movies and like i don't know that she followed a lot of it and oh. she just kind of like she she looked so confused and just like exited the tiny cinema and walked away and then turned around and like peeked her head back in and said something like that was very very odd <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> she was like very perplexed by the That's whole funny. thing. That's um, funny. That's funny. Yeah. Oh man, raccoons! Sorry, I'm walking around outside and I just saw two raccoons. Surprised <laughs> me. Um, That's crazy. Anyway, but yeah, no. Uh, what I'm trying to say is. Um, it's been very well received. The whole thing has been very well, um, well, well received and sometimes applauded. Mm-hmm. And I feel very grateful for that. Um, I feel really, uh, thankful that people are into it because I'm into it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Uh, I, I'm happy that I've gotten to this point and that yeah. I've gotten out there with it and it is being received well. But it's like, it's not a thing that people do generally. It's not like a... Uh, well, yeah, it's so different know, Super now. 8 movies. No one watches Super 8 movies. Uh, sure. I love them, but no one watches them. Uh, you know, I don't know. Ukulele, 
that's a popular thing right now. But yeah. it's also kind of a, it was just like a personal thing for me mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, it's yeah, I don't know what it was going to be like really, but I feel really happy and thankful that people are into it. I had a, I had a few people come up to me at the end of my time last weekend at the True False Film Festival in Columbia, Missouri who told me that the tiny cinema was like their favorite part of the whole film festival. Oh, that's like cool. Crazy. Yeah. Very humbling and, yeah. and awesome. Uh, that of, uh, of which it's a cool festival, by the way. I don't know if you've ever been there. You're kind of out there in a Midwest area. <laughs> no, I have never been to Columbia, never been to true false all documentary film festival. It's amazing. It's great. It's got such a good vibe. They've got such a good system going on there. They show great movies. They have a lot of cool art installations, including me. I was one of them. <laughs> um, but a lot of other awesome art installations and music. They have a bunch of regional bands come in to the festival and mm-hmm. they play sets at night at bars and they play uh, before screening. For every screening, there's like an awesome band from somewhere nearby that you've never heard of that just is playing cool music. That's cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, True Vaults is sweet, but still, regardless of, you know, taking that all into account, I was floored by True Vaults Film Festival, and to have someone be like, yeah, but your thing was the coolest. It's It was, like, very cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that, that, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. It's like the digital thing is I can open up iTunes right now and watch any number of movies. I could pull up Netflix and watch... an. I could be watching movies until I turned 40 and I never, never just stop. And we can yeah. watch movies at any point now, but what you're doing is like reinventing this thing that happened. You know, when, when films started showing and people take them around the country, like you're bringing that experience back to people that to like a generation of moviegoers that have never even experienced anything that, that like people barely go to the movie theater anymore. But then you're giving true. this entirely, this entirely, uh, like sensory, almost overload experience with the mu- music coming from you and the thing showing on the real screen from the real film projector. Uh, it's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, I guess it's a pretty old idea, but mm-hmm. old enough to where people, even older folks that check out the tiny cinema, it's not like they were really around at a time when. No cinema was like this in yeah. like such a touring silent way yeah so I cool agree. so uh, what Thank are your you. upcoming uh, tour dates so people might be able to go out there and, and catch a tiny film um, great question uh, <laughs> <laughs> or is there a place people can like find it online or anything definitely um, yeah I have a Facebook page this is where I you know for the most part update all my happenings uh, so, and that is facebook.com slash Davy B gravy. I have to tell you, it's spelled weird. It's <laughs> D-A-V-E-Y, not that weird, B as in boy, or Batman, which is my middle name. <laughs> there you go. And then gravy, G-R-A-V-E-Y. Not like the sauce, more like, like a grave. Oh, gravy. <laughs> Gra- gravy, yeah. I don't know why, but that's how it is. Anyway. Facebook.com slash Davy B. Gravy. And I also have a website. That's Gravy's Tiny Cinema.com. So that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a virtual place you can visit. Uh, totally. Um, and, uh, uh, and then there's yeah. the Kickstarter, right? That people and need to go check out. They go check out and donate. Yes. Please check it out. There's, I, we're over halfway of the Kickstarter journey now, and uh, not over halfway to the Kickstarter goal now. There's like a <laughs> long, long way to go. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So please, please check it out. Check out the movie. Um, yeah. Check, check out. Think about if you want to throw a couple bones gravy's way. I would super <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, everyone um, should kind of the tour I'm, I'm sort of making up as I go uh, still <laughs> um, it's yeah this, this is my first time really doing anything on this scale I just built a tiny cinema last summer so it's like uh, I, I had one tiny tour 
in October out to California. It was just a week like there and back. This mm-hmm. is like so anyway. I'm a this is a lot longer. This is a lot longer. This is a lot this is this is six weeks. This is the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. But um I'm at South by right now. Do you have any listeners at South by? I'm doing uh be exhibiting at Earphoria on Tuesday. Um and Metropolis uh on Thursday, I think now. And I'm working on a Wednesday gig in there. Um there'll be more to come. And yeah, I'm trying to think what else is solid. The living room is the venue in Brooklyn on April tenth. If you live in New York, I'll be at the living room playing outside. Uh an awesome Colorado band called the Steel Tide. Also check them out. Um yeah, so uh yeah, those are, those are the places. big days have solid right now on the tour, and there will be more. There's more every day being posted. <laughs> likes of hey, like the Facebook thing, whatever. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. No, good. You're good, man. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to me. Uh, it made me so happy when I saw this, and I think uh, and I hope a lot of people will dig this and then go over to your Kickstarter and throw in some money to make that new tiny film happen cool you're welcome man it was a pleasure talking to you thank you for having me on the show absolutely uh so have a good tour i hope the kickstarter ends well and then uh your alien movie gets made and then uh i'll have to hunt you down on the road and so i can uh watch that thing fantastic (laughs) perfect all right well thanks man stay uh think small think small And there you have it, like the first true interview on Zach on Film. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed that talk I had with David. I really enjoyed it. He was a, it was a lot of fun to talk to. I uh, didn't realize he was walking around outside all the time. Uh, that was that was really funny when he talked about uh, raccoons. I hope the sound quality was uh, fine for all of you audio files out there. Never done an over Skype to a phone call interview before. That was a new thing. That was quite fun. Uh, I enjoyed that whole process. So I hope you liked the interview. If you have a few bucks to give, go over to David Weaver's Kickstarter project and uh, let's see if we can raise the money to make that sci-fi film. I think it sounds awesome. I am a backer. I will tell you that right up front. I'm, I, uh, I didn't, I guess not up front. It's at the very end of the show. I backed the project. Uh, cause I think it just sounds so cool and I would love to see it get made. And even if I don't see it, I would just like the idea that that film is out there and old ladies are wandering into trailers to watch films and that could be something they watch. Uh, also, David talked about uh, the updated version of La Voyage dans la Lune, uh, which is also for all of the English speakers, including myself. That is A Trip to the Moon by George Malaise. Uh, one of the early super influential films. If you haven't seen it, it you totally should. It's kind of trippy and super awesome. And there is an updated color version. There is a, uh, a show down in the show notes. It's linked onto the page on majorspoilers.com. You can watch it right there. Uh, super awesome. The soundtrack is uh, is pretty killer. You know, it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good listen. Even you can check it out on uh, line. You can actually buy the full album. It's, it's some pretty good stuff if you like uh, some, you know, some techno music. I certainly enjoyed it. All right, so that's it. That's all we're going to do this episode. I enjoyed it. It was kind of a long episode. I hope you got a kick out of it. Hopefully, we can line up some more interviews uh, and have things like this kind of regularly. I enjoyed it. And get to talk to people who are out there making the films and projects that we enjoy. Uh, that's super awesome. So maybe remember to head over to Majorspoilers.com where you can find this podcast page with all sorts of links and goodness there. Of course, more uh, things like this and so much more over at MajorSpoilers.com each and every day. Make sure to check out the Zach on Film subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Zach on Film. I post articles up there each and every week that we will be discussing on the podcast for fans like you to give your thoughts and make it on to the show. I enjoy it when people do that. It helps the show. It's super awesome. You can also send me an email at Zach at MajorSpoilers.com. Zach is spelled Z-A-C-H because my dad... Uh, can't spell. He apologized for that recently, but you know, I think it makes me, uh, I don't know, special, I guess. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. We can interact on there. Like I like Twitter a lot. It's super fun. Uh, my Twitter handle is at ZWolf. Wolf with two O's because my first name is going to be weird. My last name has to be weird. Also, make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment over on iTunes because, you know, why not? 
<laughs> it's a great reason. You know, why not? That's it for the show. Like David said, remember, think small, and we'll see you next week. podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.